Well, the new brand will be um, on the uh, on the FM transmitters, um, and RNZ Concert is still going to be readily available. I mean, you'll be able to stream it, uh, use use a, um, a player to receive it, get it from Sky or Freeview or on AM as well. But in the end, we kind of have to allocate that FM where we think the bigger and more important opportunity is. And RNZ um, has really strong audiences, but they they do skew older. And we're sort of thinking 5, 10, 15 years ahead, we need to start to connect with younger New Zealanders. And a really great way of doing that is with this new multimedia brand, including the FM transmission. The other side of it is if you look at our charter, which talks about excellence around New Zealand composition and performance. Um, we really um, struggle to provide a, a large amount of um, New Zealand content on on, on uh, con- RNZ concert for you know for the reasons that the repertoire is largely uh, non-New Zealand material. So, I think in terms of uh, reaching out to younger audiences and connecting with them, mm-hmm. connecting them to RNZ for the first time, and actually delivering more strongly to the charter, we've had to make this change. Um, but, you know, I will make the point that this is a real shot in the arm for public broadcasting in New Zealand. We are now going to have a – we're actually expanding our services off our current resources. There are some tough choices within that, but this is actually a real good story of R- – a really good story of RNZ getting to more uh, New Zealanders. I mean, possibly not a great story, though, for some of the long-time listeners of RNZ Concert, pretty much accustomed to uh, a service of classical and, and fine music. Um, so, Willie, uh, in terms of programmes that we're familiar with now, like New Horizons or Music 101, mm. um, that actually goes out on national, uh, yeah. to say that's part both, of the offering. Both, that's both of those concert. shows go out on, on RNZ National as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, uh, but then there's WOMAD recordings, things like that in, in uh, New Plymouth each year. The Symphony Orchestra concerts, those are recorded too. Will they still be recorded? Yes, they will still be recorded. And actually what we see happening uh, over the next few months is developing a plan to widen out the genre that we do record through the year. You know, already we had a, a sent a small uh, team up into Rhythm and Vines up in Gisborne this year and um, they've already started recording a, a few sets up there. And so what I think you'll see is rather than, you know, perhaps the, the world music, the um, the classical music will also branch out into more contemporary genre as well. So yeah, I think it'll be an expanded service rather than, uh, again, around that thought of bringing things into a smaller group. So recording more live New Zealand Absolutely. produced, but less of the classical genre variety. Of course, you've got to shift sand around the sand pit somehow. And for the actual RNZ concert as it goes on, not mm. on FM, um, so symphonies don't sound great on AM, but people are going to have to get used to that. And that's how it was in the past before the FM rollouts, I Abs- guess. Absolutely, but it is still on Freeview as well. And, you know, um, the, the listening to concert, RNZ concert, is, is you know, unlike a lot of the other um, radio brands around around New Zealand is actually largely consumed in the home so th- so the ability to consume something you know with with stereo audio out of your television is still there but the content on RNZ concert it's going to be recorded now you won't have I mean by a handful of people right you're not mm. going to have the kind of prepped presented shows that they've been accustomed to now the same sort of delivery um yeah definitely I, I think we you need to look at it that we are going to um, pull back on some of it we are in a consultation period at the moment so you know there is still a bit of room for for movement around there but um, yeah you will see some of that paired back mm. okay and Paul um there will be a bit of backlash, won't there, from listeners who've, uh, I guess, already writing their listeners, uh, their, their letters to the New Zealand listener, for example. I can see that being a big issue in, in next week's uh, edition of that magazine. Long-time listeners who 
Will we need to be persuaded of the reason for this change? Yeah, we're going to have to put a lot of uh, effort in the next few months into explaining the change for them, explaining the different ways they can access the content and giving them a sense that we're still going to provide a really strong RNZ concert service. And you know, we're going to have to go to great lengths to kind of help them with that transition. So, But there, you know, there will be criticism of this. Some people will take a while to adapt and adjust. But I will make the point, you know, we're not closing RNZ Concert. We do believe in it. It is a it is a big change. But the service will still be there. And they'll be able to actually listen to more concert uh, music than, and classical music than ever before because it is going to be 24-7 music. Um, because that we know that's what the audience uh, likes. So, And the other point is... Uh, one of the things that people really value in RNZ Concert is the broadcast and um, of, of, of concerts. Where we go record and broadcast concerts, we're going to continue to do that. And as Willie says, uh, we'll do a, a lot more different concerts as well, but that core will still be there. We think that's really important because we do want to support our partner orchestras as best we can. And how have they reacted to this? Things like, say, Auckland Philharmonic and New Zealand Symphony Orchestra? I mean, RNZ Concert is a major avenue for them. Well, look, I won't speak on their behalf, but um, obviously we're, we're talking to them and explaining to them, and I think those conversations will go on for weeks, if not months. But they'll be concerned that we are still committed to uh, the recordings, and I can assure them that we'll continue to do it. So I think that's a key message. The, the document does refer to, Paul, uh, underperformance of concert, RNZ concert, and this mm-hmm. proposal addresses that, and also operational inefficiency. Mm-hmm. What does that refer to? So What's... that's in the strategy document, and I think that refers to the fact that RNZ concert and RNZ national have a big overlap in audience. So the, the, the proportion of unique audience that concert delivers is quite small. I think it's about 65,000. It's about 69,800. Yep, so that's part of it. And also that if you look at the investment that we put into concert for that relatively small, unique audience, we we raise the question of whether there is a more efficient and effective way of doing things. And you know, it, doesn't that take into account the fact no one else is broadcasting for that audience in New Zealand, and certainly no one else is recording the symphony concerts they enjoy, even though they're a smaller, a smaller yep. slice of the the overall RNZ audience. Uh, yes, I think that's fair enough to raise that, but it also begs the question that as we look across. RNZ and think about the you know the limited money that we have and the limited resources. How do we best deploy them to create more value for the public? So this isn't a criticism of the work of RNZ Concert or the team. They do some fantastic work and they're great skilled professionals. This is more a reflection on the strategy as it stands and the opportunity of making this change. Well, it sounds a little like it. Operational inefficiency does sound like it wasn't being run. The way well, that's said, certainly sort of, sort of not mean. what that is intended to mean at all. It's it's more of, as I've said, a reflection on the it's the ability of the current uh, way we do things to generate unique audience and benefit to the public against our charter. So really, you have to look at that through the lens of what the opportunity is to do things differently. And as I said before, uh, reaching new audiences that we're currently not connecting with, and also delivering much much more strongly against our charter in terms of New Zealand content, celebrating and showcasing New Zealand artists. And do you think you'll lose many of your listeners who are accustomed to simply tapping the dial on FM and getting their their largely classical repertoire that way, that they won't track across the freeview or they won't put up with uh, uh, music being broadcast suboptimally over, over AM? Look, we'll be making every effort to bring all of them across. Um, and I think in, it, 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 we'll, we'll definitely succeed in getting most. Then I think if you look at across the whole of RNZ with our new brand, 
we'll be reaching more people and a more diverse audience overall. But will anybody be making programs now about classical and perhaps other world music, jazz and things like that? Uh, because it looks like you've you've only got a you know, skeleton crew putting out concert as it is now. Uh, oh, well, no. World music specifically is still made by Trevor Ricky up in Auckland as well. So, I mean, absolutely we will still make programs about other genres. It's uh, just not necessarily on RNZ Concert. So, but the likes of New Horizons and specific programs like that, Upbeat on RNZ Concert, people won't get that anymore from a, a station that's just uh, playing out the recorded uh, stuff with a handful of people. Uh, some of that stuff is still up for, um, you know, as part of the consultation process, still needs to be worked through. But um, look, you can assume that not all of it will still be there, but you can assume that some of it will remain. And that, you know, RNZ is in the is in the in the business of making great content to reach as broad an audience as possible and, and that's what we're going to do. Replacing concert on the FM mm. band, uh, but not on other outlets, this new music brand. So mm. a whole lot of stuff, Willie, yeah. in the media when the ad went up for someone to, to, to help lead this. Mm. Uh, recently, uh, what will this be? Will this be a youth radio service? So I guess now we know, but it's more than that, isn't it? Um, purpose-built, multi-platform, uh, going out on all these, these mm. venues. But you've described it as genreless non-genre-specific playlist. Genre is no longer relevant to the audience, says the proposal document. What does that mean? Well, I, I think um, if, if you look at the way a lot of radio is broadcast now, you, it ends up falling into into holes of genre, like you have different brands that play different types of music. I think what we will intend to, where we intend to end up is a, is a far broader proposition. We, you know, we'll play a lot of everything for everyone. But you, you came from a station, George, that played... Oh, I played dance music. <laughs> that, that's right. So, But that's a real benefit. Benefit, isn't it? If people know where they where they go for different kinds of music, yeah, it is. It's a but tough sell, isn't it, to say you might hear anything and hope that people come to it when they've got specific taste. Well, I think more. I think the way to view the the way we're looking around genreless is 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 it's still going to have to have relevance to an eighteen to thirty five year old audience. So you know, it's not going to be all things to everyone. It is still going to be targeted and focused at it. But one of the things that you know the streaming services have taught us, and especially if you look around, you know, those top playlists, they're not necessarily talking about genre of music, they're talking about emotional states, they're talking about activities, they talk about playlists that support different behaviours through the week, you know. So that's more where we're starting to think. But if you'd still been at George FM and you heard that publicly funded RNZ was about to start up a station trying to attract younger people with music and Mm. not all of it local music, you'd have been worried, wouldn't you? And the Radio Broadcasters Association chief has said, we have concerns about a broadcaster that's taxpayer funded launching products and platforms that target audiences already well served by the commercial broadcasters? Um, Look, of course um, they're going to have concerns and, you know, it's no secret that I've I've spent 20 years in commercial broadcasting. So, you know, I've heard these kind of things said before. I've been part of these conversations for for a great, great long time. But, you know, we're not the only country that has this kind of broadcast or or this kind of um, media brand. Um, you know, Australia, the UK, and all of these countries have vibrant commercial radio organisations that return great profits to their shareholders. So I don't think that that will be any different to New Zealand. And, and the other thing is we're not chasing dollars. We're commercial free. And that, that is one of the differentiations for it. And yep. we and we'll also play more New Zealand music than any commercial format would sustain. So we're going to be quite different, and we're not doing it to get the biggest possible audience. We're doing it to provide a service and connect RNZ with with new people. It will include some news content that will be shaped and tailored for those younger audiences because RNZ just can't sit here and 
age with our audience and then disappear. We have to start to make some moves now that connects us with younger people. And I think as the public broadcaster, uh, we actually have an obligation to try to reach some of those younger people as well. We can't just sort of sit on our laurels. So these are difficult, challenging decisions, but you know, it is also an exciting opportunity. We are expanding our services. That's the key message that you know, I want to c- convey. And is it going to be national? It looks like this is going to be a team based in Auckland, according to the proposal. Uh, it's going to be very Auckland-focused. Will it be a lot of Auckland people and a lot of Auckland music that we're hearing? Uh, or are you going to make an effort, Willie? Of course to... we'll make an effort to represent the entire country. I, I think especially with regional audience as well, um, this is very important. It will be an important part of it to, to us is to have that connection with the regional audiences. So, yeah, absolutely. Is there one particular thing that this service might offer that no other radio uh, broadcaster that tries to attract the younger audience to, with music is offering? Well, I mean, straight out of the gate, live performance recording, I, you're not seeing it, that being offered anywhere at the moment. And um, it's, not, it's, it's, it's a great thing I see for you know, young artists, young musicians, independent musicians, and especially around the, the level of New Zealand content that we will be generating and you know, helping put back into the industry as well. And, and of course, you know, RNZ shares everything. Yeah. So our share, our radical sharing strategy, which has been so successful in terms of working with other broadcasters and media companies and getting our content to their audiences, everything that this new brand creates will be available to whoever wants to use it. That's, that's part of our strategy, and I think it will actually be very valuable content. Mm. But in the same token, if trying to attract this younger audience, which is, as has pointed, been pointed out by Jane Aranguni of the Radio Broadcasters Association, fairly heavily catered for by the commercial market, if you're taking audience their ears away, uh, they will not be happy about that. There will be resistance from them. I, there will be concerns, and a lot, a lot will be on whether we set this up to deliberately um, compete with them head-to-head, and that's the last thing that we'd intend to do. We want this to be successful with audiences, but we'll provide something which is distinctive, and I think it will stimulate um, audiences. And there are a bunch of younger people who don't um, engage with, with radio in New Zealand at the moment, and we'd hope to win a few of those people into the family as well, and they may end up listening right across the board. Willie, how much of it will be New Zealand you know, indigenous music? Because you know we've had this before when there were youth radio frequencies that people hoped might mm. be made available for a, a dedicated youth service. Never you're happened. talking about Kiwi it, FM. Yeah, it ended up with Kiwi FM. They played a whole lot of New Zealand <laughs> music, and people did not come in, in huge numbers. It's I'm, difficult. I'm well aware of that. Um, <laughs> look. I, in, in the end, that's going to be there's there's always going to be the push and pull of that. Um, I spend a bit of time, uh, you know, and, and I have met with people in, in Triple J, and, and I listen to their conversations around their level of, of Australian content. And um, so that's a service for Australian younger users, uh, yeah, younger people provided by the ABC, yeah. provided by their public broadcast. And uh, and uh, their group music director was talking to me about the numbers, and over a ten year period, they got it up to sixty percent Australian content in terms of you know performance and um, content composition but they, they he felt that at that point in time that you know anything beyond that you people start losing context of what actually else is out there as well so he was like you know that's that's as far as they can go they don't believe that they can do it any more than that mm, the herald's media writer uh, says this station is going to need to offer more than the worthy ambition of giving listeners access to a platform filled with local musicians so mm-hmm. i guess that answers that i think we've been there before and i think that's been proved that it didn't work so clearly i think we'll learn from the past okay but what about 
the name RNZ. For example, I had this raised with uh, Paula Bennett on a talk radio station. And she said, what about this new RNZ youth station, Paula? And she just kind of laughed. She sniggered and said, I don't think people are going to go to RNZ for stuff for young people, do you? And uh, that, I mean, that's a bit of a perception problem, isn't it? Is the name a bit of a drawback? No, I don't think so. But I mean, we we actually don't really have any uh, position on what the brand is going to be yet and what it's going to be called. So um, I don't know the answer to that question. I actually, I mean, personally, I don't mind the name RNZ. I'm pretty proud to work here. So. Well, though, deliberately, Paul took it off when the wireless was created, wanted something that wasn't identified as RNZ to create something unique. That didn't kind of work out in the end either, did it? It had to be brought back into RNZ. Yeah, yeah with the wireless, I mean, the challenge there was we were running two, two websites effectively, and uh, as a small organisation, it's much better to run one. Um, but you know that didn't that did not have the broadcast component in it, and that's what makes this proposal, um, I think, um, far more will make this proposal far more effective. But can, I, can I also point out that I have run a radio station called George, and it did seem to get some listeners. So a name may not be the most important thing. Right, so George, not the funkiest <laughs> name in the world. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Um, but uh, yeah, it was described as the swinging vicar problem by a guest yeah. on our program last week. I guess he's talking about you know back in the nineties there were various yeah. misguided efforts by people older yeah. than the target group they're trying to reach. You know, yeah. that's all pre-internet. Are you talking about Matt's comments last week? Uh, yes, that's right. Yeah. I actually quite agreed with what Matt said. In I, fact, it wasn't Matt; it was Dr. Peter. Peter Hoare, who, oh, well. who referenced the swinging vicar. But they both referenced yeah. the same problem, that you've often got people out of their age group trying to target a younger uh, age group, and they can miss the mark. Mm. Yeah. But that's why your recruitment process and making sure that the people you are getting to work for your for your brand are the right people. And that's 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 the that's going to be another challenging part for us, but uh, it's, it's, a, it's something that I'm sure we'll rise to. And to be on air by August? And on many platforms? Hopefully. <laughs> And Paul, um, the recruitment's been mentioned, but there are going to be job losses from this, aren't there? Um, for example, well, news- newspapers today reporting on their websites, uh, 18 jobs to go. Look, we're um, consulting with staff around that proposal, and I need to be really careful of that process. So I'm not going to talk about the specifics at this stage, because just in respecting the position that staff are in. But look, um, the net if this proposal um, around the implementation proceeds, as we've as we've outlined, we'll end up roughly with the same number of jobs in the end, but there will be some jobs that will go and some new roles created doing new things under the plan. So you've, we've already established, uh, Willie, that you know the the uh, breakdown of RNZ audience skews older. We know mm-hmm. skews Pakeha. This Correct. is an effort to uh, address that, and as an organisation with a charter and public funding, uh, that makes perfect sense. But how do you know what people will want? Um, in terms of the audience, how have you researched what you think people will go for? Well, Paul um, and uh, the audience team did do a large piece of work around audience segmentation um, this year with uh, Colmar Brunton, and, and that got quite granular in its detail. And um, there's a lot of information that we received out of that that has helped drive our thinking around this process. And when we say segmentation, we're talking about different kinds of different classify different kinds, different kinds the, of listeners. The way different people use uh, and consume media and the kind of media that they're interested in. We've done a lot of work in that space. Yeah. So who are the kind of segmented parts of the audience or which segmented parts are you trying to target? Well, at the moment, RNZ is very broad in its approach to, to audience reach, but I would say all... Uh, 18 to 35, all New Zealanders 18 to 35 is, is a clear broad target, but also this thing needs to focus on Māori and Pacifica audience as well as other underserved uh, audiences with RNZ. And so once it's up and running, mm. uh, after a couple of years, how will you know 
that it's working. Will that be in part a numbers game? You'll have to survey, and if you're not hitting a certain number of uh, audience members and listeners who are uh, Māori mm. or Pacifica or of a younger age group, uh, will there be a number in mind where you think, oof, this isn't working? Oh, clearly you've got to have audience outcomes as, as part of any um new brand set up. But uh, it also goes beyond that. You need to be thinking about the type of content that you're generating and the content that is being picked up through, as Paul said, that radical syndication sharing concept that they've brought in as well. So hopefully that we'll see our content being used by other broadcasters and other media organisations.